This is a Grand Slamming Padres podcast featuring Dom DeRosa to talk about your San Diego Padres. What is good, Padres Nation? Another episode. It's already another Thursday. Closer to the postseason. Let's hope we can say that. Magic number down to four as I speak to you guys right now. Keep in mind, this is being recorded on a Wednesday night as games are going on. Couldn't do it on a Thursday morning. Had to get some stuff done. So, uh, it might not be as accurate, but you get the gist. You get the point to where it's just a one-game kind of difference if all these games conclude and everything like that. However, the Padres' magic number as I speak right now to you is four games from clinching a postseason spot. Once that is settled, it is a matter of either facing a Cardinals team who just clinched their division over the Brewers, or facing a Mets or Braves team, depending on <laughs> what goes on. And it, it, it's, it's crazy, because that could end up to where, in so many ways... And I talked about this last episode. Don't cherry pick your way into your opponents just to avoid LA for potentially another further round. So it's interesting. Mets finally lost their division. And now it's just a matter of what happens here. Do the Braves hold on? Do we face the Mets? Or do we drop down even further? And despite our winning streak, do we say, hey, let's go face the Cardinals and then face the Braves or the Mets in the second round rather than face the Dodgers? Who knows? Who knows what's going to go on here? But that is the magic number. Four games to clinch a postseason spot. So now, to be specific with that, four games doesn't mean four wins, thankfully enough. It means that the Padres have to at least win two, let's say, and the Brewers lose two, and the Padres are in. It's just a matter of that if the Brewers knock out Philadelphia in any such way, that's it. Or if the Phillies lose two, Padres win two. Boom, we're in. Padres doing really well despite losing one game on a walk-off to the Rockies. I thought that was going to be a very disappointing series to start off the way it did because of our history in cores as of late within the past year or two now too. It just wasn't looking good, but the bats came to play in a big way. And L.A. Game 1 came to play in a big way. So we're going to go through that just a little bit. What does this mean for this kind of team that needs it the most? They need this motivation. They know they can do it. Jake Cronenworth has had a lot of say in this on every win besides Bob Melvin, our manager. And right now, things are looking fresh because we finally finished off the Rockies. Won the series, no less. So that's a positive sign. And now the number is looking better and better as we speak. Making the playoffs, no matter what, whether you face one team or another, it's not going to be easy. You have to get through those guys one way or another. It's either the Mets or the Braves right now, and then next thing you know, once we win, we got to face LA. It's not easy, and no one ever said it's going to be, and that's, that's the beauty of the playoffs, man. The first... It could be so soon where we could reach the playoffs for the first time in a full season since 2006. Major stuff right there. There's only two games as of right now as I speak. Uh, but tomorrow you'll be listening. One game left against LA. 
Then you got three against the very disappointing White Sox who lost their division in which the Cleveland Guardians clinched it. Mad respect to them for moving on from Lindor and still keeping a team that has played very well and very hard. And then the San Francisco Giants were three at home. So three straight home series. Petco Park is loving it. BLA chants all over the place. It's been great. So far, so good. Three against the Rockies on the road. Fortunately enough, we won the series. Soto got really hot. Manny got really hot. So Soto's been looking pretty good now. He also got a couple hits in, uh, I believe, one hit and a walk in the LA Dodgers series. Just the bats were flying. I mean, it's Coors Field. And we were all, Mark Sweeney, We were, I mean, even him, we were all hoping that this team would pop off once the Coors Field effect came into play. And it did. It really did. I mean, Hatslong Kim, who's been our leadoff hitter as of late, rather than Jerkson Profar, had three hits in the finale of that Rockies series. Just everything. A lot of guys had more than one hit. Manny, Jury, Myers, he's been very good. Started us off with a bang in the Dodger series to make us go up 2-0, but of course we merely evaporated that lead after a challenge call, but hey, one at the end of the day. Coors Field took care of business against the Rockies team that has just been in shambles. Will they ever figure it out because of the altitude? Who who knows? I, I don't think so. However, they're building young. That's what you got to respect for. Padres finally beat a Dodgers team, which I thought they were going to blow that big time. And I mean big time. I I, I was like kind of fuming. Uh, they tied the game. Max Muncy, they overturned a call. Next thing you know, it's a one-run differential. Max Muncy was safe, clearly. And then next thing you know, within the next pitch or two, boom. <laughs> can't make it up. No, you can't. However, when we went into extras, it was looking fresh. Pierce Johnson had Cody Bellinger ground out with the extra inning rule. Austin Barnes popped up to first. And then Chris Taylor went to third on a wild pitch, but Mookie Betts struck out looking backwards K on him. Very rare to see that. Pierce Johnson, really glad to have him back, especially now that Drew Pomeranz is out for the season. Very disappointing, but getting that bullpen back in shape especially with Nick Martinez taking so many innings and not having two, I would say the past two relief appearances of his have been very shaky. It's good to see. It's good to see a little action here from Pierce Johnson. So that was huge. Bottom of the 10, Dave Roberts doing what he does best. I think we all saw this coming. Craig Kimbrell, who's been struggling, former Padre closer, has not panned out really, has not. And, uh, a sack bunt, a beautiful sack bunt by Mahasan Kim, who else has put Isaacard at third with one out. So, sacrifice bunt right there. Beautiful, small, old-school baseball. And then, Soto comes up, batting second. Of course, they're going to intentionally walk him. You just got to put the ball in play, and it's one Soto who's got 133 walks to it. Not that many strikeouts. You're going to walk him in extras. Put runners on the corners. Potentially go for a double play. Now, people were thinking including myself for a second, that Manny Machado was going to get walked for the bases loaded because of how dangerous of a hitter he is. However, two things that come into effect. Mark Grant hit on one of them right away, which was fantastic. The broadcast team hit the other one that I was thinking of. When was the last time Manny Machado has done well against Craig Kimbrell? Never. So, Craig Kimbrell, in his prime especially, has been dominant on Machado throughout his career. Secondly, Craig Kimbrell, who has struggled this year when it comes to control, 
Mark Grant said it best. If you have the bases loaded, you can't afford getting behind in the count and giving up a walk to bring the guy in. However, he did just that. So, Machado struck out swinging after a really, really strong battle. Just got got the best of him yet again. Gonna happen to the best of us. Rough night for Manny, but the Padres won. So, there, there's that. That was very important right there. When it came down to it, Drury walked after being down 0-2. Now the bases are loaded. Jorge Alfaro is a late substitution. And he comes in to catch behind Nola and extras. We gave up the lead with a pass ball that brought in a run, of course. Josh Hader otherwise did fine despite a leadoff double. Yes, it sucked, but they got the win. Hader's been fine. However, Alfaro, who's not known for walks, who's not known for plate discipline, walks it off for the Padres, literally. Bases loaded walk. Craig Kimball knew it right away. Not a questionable call. Fastball, low and outside. Boom, Kimball walks off with his head down. Wants to get better. You know, I wish him the best as long as he's not a Dodger. That That's all I got to say. But for Alfaro, his fifth walk-off really helps us in the wildcard race. That is the most walk-offs for a single player in Padres history. Congratulations to Jorge Alfaro. I don't know if I've stated this before. I may have. I think I have way back on Mother's Day when Alfaro hit the walk-off home run against the Marlins. That must have felt really good for El Oso, first off. Second... I was saying that I really like the acquisition of Alfaro. He could be a perfect backup or a perfect DH if he's getting hot at the right time. We saw it. he was batting 270, 280 at one point. Doing really well. Really well. I'm a fan of Alfaro defensively. Has the best arm. I've seen him in a bunch of Phillies games when he was there on that squad. Until they traded for JT Romuto, who's overrated. <laughs> Sorry, gonna say. But Alfaro... Great blocker. Yeah, the pass balls can be an issue, but it is for Nola too. And he has just been Mr. Clutch. El Oso has just been fun. Let's LF, <laughs> Let's fucking go San Diego. Excuse my French, but that's the thing. We literally have shirts now that say LF, <laughs> LFGSD. That's, that's cool. So uh, Alfaro's merely made a name for himself in this Padres clubhouse. It's been great. It really has. And keep in mind, Alfaro's walk-off walk is unreal. Alfaro even admitted that, hey, I don't walk a lot. And to have that was just insane. Jorge Alfaro, this season, has a strikeout percentage of 35.8% with a walk percentage of 4.1. That's very low and that's very high on the strikeouts. That's not a good ratio at all, just in case you're wondering. 28% strikeout? Is already high enough. Just think of it like that. If you're in the 8%, I'd say, for walks, it's like decent. If you're above 10, you're pretty very solid. When it comes down to it, Alfaro this year only has 11 walks to 97 strikeouts and 271 plate appearances. Throughout his career, he has played 7 years, 475 games. Jorge Alfaro has only walked 70 times in his career. And that's what he, listen, no no, no shame on this. I'm not trying to put any shame, but that's the thing. He's such a free swinger. I knew this coming in when he came to the Padres. He's such a free swinger. He likes to get his base hits. He likes to get his homers if he can. Just use that really strong upper body of his to take a big whack of the baseball. And that's what he does. But the fact that he was able to calm down, understand Craig Campbell's a two-pitch pitcher, 
and just stay relaxed, stay focused. And that that that's all it took. Our father's been great to get it like that. It's not the most beautiful and appealing way to get a walk-off, but who cares? It's a walk-off against the Dodgers, which we desperately need. Not even to beat L.A. Forget about that right now. Because, look, all the talking we're doing, yeah, we, we really shouldn't. 20 games back, come on. It's the fact that we need this to focus on ourselves and focus on the wild card. Really got to pay attention. As I speak, we're two and a half up on the Phillies, let alone four games up as the Brewers are one and a half out of the playoff spot. Contention. That's that's bold. Just win your games, man. Make the other teams have to work. The Brewers do not have a good slugging team. They don't have a good average team. Hopefully they keep on struggling with the Cardinals. They can really nail them in the coffin. And that's that. That is that. Whether we got to face the Mets or the Braves, I'm hoping for rather than being the last seed facing a Cardinals team. Sorry to say it, but it's got to be done. We have to show why we are a playoff team. And you don't want to pick and choose who you're going to face at all. 100% no. I think that is the biggest red flag right there for a team. If you truly want to win a World Series, you don't give a damn where you are in the playoffs. You just play ball. You play ball. And who knows, man? I'm telling you, it's baseball. Look what the Nationals did. Look what the Nationals did. Wildcard team, go on. They, I know the whole Trent Grisham thing happened, but that's baseball. No one's perfect. It happens. They go on. They beat the Dodgers. Dodgers are a division team. Much credit to them for 106 wins. Looking to get, if I didn't already, looking to get history with the most in a season. Plus 106. Looking to get 107. When it comes down to it, LA is in a division bye week. All it takes is for the Padres' bats to stay hot in one round. Going into the playoffs. Boom. Let's say you beat the Mets. Let's say you beat the Braves. Besides, the Braves... Have injuries right now. Steven Strider. Ozzy Albies. That could be a plus for us. If we have to face Atlanta. Depending on. And for the Mets. Yes. They're a very good average team. Pete Alonso is by far the best hitter on that team. It's just when it comes to the pitching. It's like alright. You got to face the ground. You got to face Scherzer. But after that. I'm not sold. I'm going to be real. Got to be honest with you. I'm not sold on Chris Bassett. He's a hittable pitcher for sure. When it comes down to it man. All it takes is for the bats to stay hot. And then you play a best of five against an L.A. team that has just been cruising throughout the season. You sit back, stretch, you relax as a Dodger team. And next thing you know, and boom, the bats get cold. They disappear. We know that for a Dodgers team. We know that. Dave Roberts could very well say, get 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 your butts in the, in the boxes and stay hot, you know. But it's baseball, man. You got to see the live action. You got to see the live pitching. Nothing ever compares to it. So who knows? Don't freak out if we have to face that kind of the branch in the playoffs. Seriously, don't. Because if we are going to brag about the team that we have right now, you bet we're going to do that no matter who we face, whether it's the reigning World Series champs or not. So there is that. Now for game two, unfortunately, it's about the start in which this podcast had to go out now. Wishing I could do it tomorrow to kind of give you guys the inside scoop. So whether they won or lost, listen, as long as... We're not even paying attention to what we do right now. Let's be real. We're paying attention to whether the Phillies lost and the Brewers lost. That's our big one. And the fact that we won last night, thankfully, with both of those teams losing, 
in game one of this series, in the Dodgers series, was great. Very much needed. Game three, however, tonight, is to be determined on the pitching mound for each. And then that's that. Next thing you know, facing the White Sox, who have been very, very disappointing. Two games under 500 as I speak as well. Uh, just a shame. Just a shame for them, but it, it happens, man. So, Padres looking real solid right now. But what has to improve? I think this will be the last thing I talk about before I end this shortened show, I would say. It's not as long as others. What has to improve is the slugging. I know. I know. We got Soto. Yeah. Fantastic. We got Drury. He's been very good, I think. Uh, in fact, he's been better than Soto besides this stretch as of now. However, who's the missing man? Haters fixed himself up. Who's the missing man? Oh, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. I don't even want to say it, man. It's Josh Bell. Oh, wow. He's so bad he's been trending on Twitter. You never want to be doing that. You never want to be doing that unless your name right now is Aaron Judge or uh, Aaron Judge. So, yeah. Josh Bell has been very disappointing. And which, listen, at the end of the day, I expect him to leave anyway. He's going to get a really big, not big, but solid contract that is just, I think we're going to be moving on from. Brandon Drury, going to be a free agent. Is he going to get the money? Because I think he's making minimum, if not like pretty far down to it. It's it's not a big contract for him. Is he going to leave or are we going to pay him? Move on from switch hitting Josh Bell? Who knows? I'll give you my take on that later once free agency hits. But Josh Bell has been horrendous. And I feel bad. Got to give these guys time. You really do. And I know it's different. He's away from his family in D.C. And all, but listen, man, you got to play baseball. That's what we traded you for. Batting 186 and 189 plate appearances with San Diego already. 46 games. It's kind of crazy how fast the season goes. Felt like yesterday, August 2nd. Next thing you know, we trade for these guys. Unreal. And he's getting on base a lot. 27 walks. That's solid, right? He's got a great eye, but he's got to start hitting. I'm not even talking like. I'm not even like saying like, hey, hit homers. Like that goes for none of these guys. Hit the ball where you're getting doubles, driving in some runs, man. That's it. That's it. Soto, he's starting to hit as well. He's still doing his things with walking and everything. So he's been doing all right. He'll be fine. He is still that dangerous 300 hitter we can think of on the top of our heads. He just has to get used to getting attacked so much in the strike zone. He's always so used to being pitched around. He will. He is that capable of a hitter. He will get used to that in the blink of an eye. It's just that Josh Bell's got to get it going. Once he does, our slugging percentage is going to go up. As a team right now, we are at 383 combined. That is 21st in the league. Not good. Not good. One other stat I will give away, and this disappoints me. It's not that big in the game of baseball anymore, but hopefully it is once the bases increase just a little bit in size. Stolen bases, the Padres within the last year or two, were fantastic. Stealing bases like maniacs and everything. Getting the scoring position. Wasting no time. I know Tatis, Tatis had something to do with that a little bit. Stealing. Getting aggressive. But the Padres ranked 27th in stolen bases per game at .29. That's not good. <laughs> not good. Stolen bases attempts as well. 26th with .43. Not good at all. On the defensive side of things. This is why I say we need to improve on catching. 
in which Alfaro's fine with his cannon, but Austin Nola, I'm sorry, I don't know what he brings to the game anymore. We lost that trade to Seattle. You got to start Camp Campusano. He's going to be our starting catcher next year. I'm going to tell you that right now. If not, Alfaro is in the beginning, and you put Campusano as a DH or a backup, and then vice versa. That's perfectly fine by me. I think Nola's got to go. He also gives up a lot of pass balls. He does not have a good arm behind the plate. Really doesn't generate any power. Stolen base attempts. Everything. Just everything. I'm going to tell you right now. The opponent opposing stolen base percentage is 86.3% that the Padres give up. That is 30th for us. Not good. Not good at all. And Nola starts a lot of these. Oppo opponent caught. Any kind of rundowns. 30th, 0.08. Yikes. That's pretty bad. I know that's a little bit different of a stat right there that isn't in the game anymore. It's just still, it's not appealing at all. So, got to move on from there and definitely increase. Maybe look at something in the offseason. But that's that. Let's win this Dodgers series. Hopefully, we didn't split it as I'm speaking right now as the game is starting. And Philly's got to lose even though they're up right now. Brewers got to lose. Keep it going, baby. Let's get it. Get ready for the playoffs. Get the, get the shirts on fan grass, everything. I don't care. And believe in this team. I'll see you guys next Thursday.